I have known this fella for a long time, um, a diminutive guy who's not at all effusive in any way. Um, I'm going to try to bring him out. Come on out, shy guy. Mark Benioff, Salesforce. What? Are you going to... Oh, God. What are you doing? Okay. Oh, God. They love to hug me, and I really don't like being hugged. That is really the relationship I have with tech. Um, so, I like you better than most, but it's a low bar. Anyway, um, good to see you. So we talked about a year ago, right? You did not have a voice. I didn't. You had var uh, laryngitis, and so you brought in Stephanie Rule to be your surrogate voice. Yes, I did. And I still have that same cold since I... Oh, wow. Yeah, having toddlers in an advanced She was stage. a lovely surrogate voice. For well, me. she's got a lot of voice. Anyway, mm -hmm. so just before beginning, I should mention that Salesforce previously sponsored my puppet. Uh, my pod, other podcast, Pivot, but the conversation is for my new podcast, On with Kara Swisher. He's given me no money for it, and I certainly don't have Matthew McConaughey money. Um, so it's not like I'm going to give you a pass anyway. You have Matthew McConaughey looks, though, so that's... Oh, give me a break. <laughs> I did an interview with him that didn't go so well for Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah, he was what running... Happened? What happened? He was running for governor, and he knew none of the oh. issues around... Put this near your mouth. You're going to have that. You're going to have okay. that. Okay, yeah. He's running for governor. And he, we'll he just knew make none you feel more comfortable if I just hold it like this? Yes. He knew okay. none of the actual issues that were happening in Texas, but hey, he's McConaughey, so there you have it. He was very lovely, though, at the same time. He's lovely. Yeah. So anyway, let's start with you. Let's focus on you. And we, we can... One of my favorite topics, so yes. thank you for going so there. So I'm going to let you... When I booked this, when I got Mark to come to this, things were not going so well for Mark Benioff at Salesforce. Oh, some gosh. Is that why you times. called me? That's your I pleasure. did. I thought... You're like, finally... Kick him when he's down. That was oh, my goal. I'm sorry to disappoint uh, you. But you since... I know, you did this. I know. It's a bummer, isn't it? I know. It's okay. I, I thought you had me, finally. I, oh, I still have you. Uh-oh. So let's, let's begin and start with... This. I'm going to let you start. I'm giving you an, a softball here. Oh. This week's earnings report, Salesforce beat profit estimates, issued yeah. stronger than expected forecast, and announced oh, yeah. an expansion of the share buyback yeah. oh god oh you have you have cards okay going there all right i am that's the first thing it's the news hello Holy. all right okay take everything out get yourself all situated oh my god hard question i don't know the answer to all right you got it all i Any think help? so but i don't know let me see Okay, Ladies go. and gentlemen, the internet. Go all ahead. Right, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Right. Well, all right. I mean, next year we're all going to be just like, hey, chat GPT, what was the, what was no, the performance of the... We are oh, not. yeah, we are. Okay, we'll talk Come about on. that. You I, know I think generally no, uh, AI is an issue for okay, you. Okay, let's talk about so, it. So, uh, expansion of the share buyback program. Yeah. Does that give you some breathing room with your 103 activist investors that are... Yeah, uh, are that's you? a good question. I, yeah. We had a great quarter. Yeah. Um, we, uh, it was, a, you know, it was probably the... I think it's probably the best quarter of a software company ever. We did 17% um, growth. Yeah. Um, we did 29.2% in our margins. Mm -hmm. uh, for the year, Higher. we it was did... supposed to be 27, I think, correct? Well, that's for next year. We're going to do 27. Right. We right. really were going to be about 22, which is where we have been. And then we really kind of have... Mm -hmm. We delivered four additional points for this year. We're doing four and a half additional points for next year. Right. And then we delivered $7.1 billion in uh, positive cash flow mm -hmm. for the year, which is very healthy for a company our size. And uh, it was a great quarter. And then for next year, we'll do about $35 billion in revenue. And uh, we're, you which is gave just the punchline 27% margin. Right. And kind of, you know, we're heading towards this 30% number very fast. We think we're going to get there in fiscal year 25. So, so that's very exciting. So essentially, you Bob Iger'd it. But what happened? 
So let's what 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 tell? Did you or like these actors? Bob Iger did. But it's a it's a now. I love Bob Iger, by the way. Okay, fine, but it's now a verb. I just made it one. Yeah. So you had these active investors. He had just one. You have many. Um, I think I believe it's five. Is that correct? I I am not sure exactly. I actually need a CRM system just to keep track of them all. Yes, yes. Here they are. The uh, besides, I'll get to Vivek uh, oh, okay. Ramaswamy, Sorry. but right. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll not get to him. We will. That's another one. I forgot. I wouldn't exactly call him a. He's no, a politician. I own more sales. He's running for president. Yes, I know that. That's I'm very yeah. excited about that yeah. one. Are you voting um, for him? Uh, I wouldn't like to say hello to him. So no. Okay, so I guess that's a no. Let's All get right. to you in twenty. So you're staying with Trump, is what you're saying. <laughs> Well, you're staying with Elon, so they're here. All with right. Her. Well. Anyway, um, you told me. You, hey, uh, I, you're the one who has the photo of him on the Twitter page. Can you stop talking so I can ask page. a question? All right. In 2021, you told Sorry. me you double revenue of it, 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 in the next five years. Now, 2023, you want to revise that that projection for 2026? Or are you still on track? This what was the question? Last. In 2021, you told me you double revenue over the next five years. You did. Um. Whoa. I would just say. Um, oh, you mean last year? Yes. Where am I going to be five years from now? Yes. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to be five minutes from now. Okay. So, All right. All right. So, I mean, next, I can say that this year we just finished at $31.4 billion, and next year we're going to do about $35 billion. And, you know, the economy is not where it was. No. And so I think when we look at, you know, here's what happened, I think, for a lot of tech companies, which I think is a story that is not really being really well told, but... Forget about our fiscal years for a second and just go to calendar years. In 2021, it was like the best year tech ever had. It was like yeah. incredible. It was the best buying environment. Our fourth quarter, you know, in that year, which is only exactly 12 months ago, was the best quarter we've ever had. And I think this was true for a lot of companies. It was. And everyone, us, all of our peers, were all surging employment to kind of get ready for another year like that because we thought that was a normalized buying environment. But then... We started to see some unusual macro issues. Currency has really started to change aggressively. Um, we saw inflation start to come up. The stock market basically imploded. And the, the buying environment changed, and CEOs especially became more measured. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, that's when all of a sudden everybody had to start thinking about, well, we need a slightly different plan here. Right. And we're kind of looking like, oh, that, was an, that year was an anomaly, and then we're back into a new normal. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of what happened. So to kind of get through that year and deliver like we did, that was kind of an incredible so what moment. What did you do to do that? Because you clearly had to yeah. show these investors. You had to sort of slap them around a little bit, presumably. It's not really about them, mm-hmm. though they would like it to be. Right. I would say it's really about um, you know our customers. I think when you focus down on the customer success and probably the best metric in the quarter is that we hit a record low attrition in customer. And the reason why is when you focus on the customer success, which is really in concert with trust, our highest value, everything starts to really work for you. Mm-hmm. And that is what we did. We really doubled down, especially in our fourth quarter. We took 90-day uh, extreme focus on customer success, and we were able to deliver some Phenomenal numbers. We did not think we would do 8.4 billion when we started the quarter. We thought we were going to do about eight. So you feel like you had no pressure that the activist investor didn't sort of get you going, all of them? 
it's, it's, it's actually been a lot of fun, and I'll just tell you why. You know, I've been doing this 24 yeah, Dan years. Lo- Dan Loeb's a laugh riot, but go ahead. He's a friend of mine, so yeah. been a longtime friend of mine. I think over here, running the business, you know, we understand how to run our business, make our customers successful, innovate. You know, this is, this is what we do for a living. Now, some of these investors show up. I'm like, oh, let's get to know them. Actually, I can learn from anyone. I have made my, we've talked about, I like to use that Japanese uh, practice, shoshin, mm-hmm. have a beginner's mind. You know, in the beginner's mind, you have every possibility. In the expert's mind, you have none. Mm-hmm. So I like to just talk to people, so I'll talk to them. Now, you have a wide variety of folks in this category, and they have a wide variety of expertise, especially when it comes to, Mm-hmm. our industry, which is highly specialized. Right. So while some of them add a lot of value, some of them don't. Some of them have great ideas, some of them don't. Some of them are really on point and on message and that you're like very motivated and inspired when you talk to them and others, they're just nice, sweet people. Mm-hmm. So I just enjoyed really getting to know them. One person in particular who I've known for a while and then his founder, I don't know if you know Jeff Ubbin, is a San Francisco person. Mm-hmm. And, very close with a friend of mine, uh, Lars Ulrich, who's the head of Metallica, mm-hmm. another San Francisco person. And uh, his new CEO of Value Act is Mason Morfitt, who was on the yes. board of Microsoft for five years. Yep. And when I met with Mason, it was pretty awesome because he's like, hey, let's, like he was at Dreamforce. He spent time with yeah, our you customers. You appointed him to the board. And then, yeah, and the reason why is he came in and he said, I, what about this for the distribution strategy? What about this for pricing? What about this for bundling? You found him helpful. And, oh, beyond helpful. And I think the board is like, wow, this is amazing, and we'd love to have you as part of the board. And I think that was a really great moment because, um, I mean, we're leveraging one of the great moments in Microsoft's history when they really were able to kind of go through this incredible surge. And he was there, and... Um, I spent a lot sure of time Steve with them, but I wasn't. That. I remember Steve Ballmer's reaction was not yours right now. He was. I think it was that fucker, but go he, ahead. <laughs> he was really actually already out before Mason came in. Yeah. That was really John Thompson really exited yep. him. And uh, I was spending a lot of time at Microsoft at that time, so I was watching the transformation and very impressed. But I think Mason so coming in was value. very. Oh, so, yeah. so one of the things was the opportunity <clears throat> that they took was your stock price is up since the start of the year, but still down 11% for where it was last March. Um, along with the layoffs, we'll get to those and the departures. When you had that stock price doing that, which was below some of your uh, competitors and rivals, were you worried about this, this idea that you're vulnerable? It's such a good question. You know, it was an atypical moment in the market. And uh, they, you know, smart investors, not just these guys, because... Really, our long investors are really amazing. I've been talking to them today, of course, because we did our earnings yesterday. So when I talk to incredible investors who actually own a lot of stock, mm-hmm. these guys actually, you, all those activist investors combined own less stock than I do. So the people who really have significant positions in the company are like the big companies like Fidelity and sure. Vanguard and, and T. Rowe. And by the way, these have been our partners all the way along. And I think that you know they'll, they'll say to me, 
hey, you need to pay attention to us. We've been in business, and we have, we've actually held Salesforce stock longer than they've even been in business. Right. So that's where I really stock, have focused on the long the investors. They want stock to go up. The, big... the long investors really are part and parcel of partners. But they also want the stocks to go up, right? This Absolutely. Is an opportunity. So do I. Talk about um, <laughs> Elliott, which was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they reportedly made a multi-billion dollar investment. This week, they reportedly nominated a slate of directors. Um, do you like their picks? And after the earnings report, which again was impressive, they said, quote, much work remains. How are you getting along with them? I really have not spent that much time with them, honestly. So it's really handled by my... Um, so you're not hanging with him the way you are Mason Moffat, for example. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're a fine firm, but we had just... Have have to, have I'm not, not doing anything. I just them. have not had that much experience with them, so I can't... I don't really know. What, were you surprised when they say that? Because they're known for, you know, shoving operational improvements down the throats of CEOs. I think that we, everyone has great ideas, and I'm happy to learn from everyone. Right. So, what? Well, could they control... Including you, Kara. Oh, you don't listen to me. You never listen to me. Oh, no, um, I do. You know sometimes I love you. Sometimes you sort of slough me off in text, but that's okay. I don't care. Um, how, that has have, not been for quite a few years. That is I true. I apologize. That's okay. That. How far are they from controlling the board and what protections are in place in that regard? Well, we have an incredible board. Many of the board members you know, Susan, mm-hmm. and you yep. know Maynard, and you know we just added three amazing board members. Talked about Mason. We added... Mm-hmm. Sashin, who is the CFO of MasterCard, is incredible. And we added Arnold Donald, who's probably one of the great CEOs of all time, a Fortune 100 CEO, Carnival. Um, Unfortunately, two board members are leaving after 20 years. Sandy Robertson, who you know very well, probably godfather of Silicon Valley, has been like by my side from the beginning. Alan Hassenfeld, former CEO of Hasbro. And then we have incredible people, uh, John Roos, who you know, the C- was the CEO of Wilson Zancini and then became the ambassador to Japan. Uh, Neely Cruz, you know, is the vice president of the European Commission. Um, Robin now- Washington was the chief financial officer at Gilead and was the controller at PeopleSoft, the former CEO of PeopleSoft. Craig Do you Conway. feel you have a board that you have control? I don't of. think there's a better board in... That you don't feel not just in technology from an Elliott. Now I'm making a different slate. Do you, have you looked at their choices? I really don't know. Honestly, I would tell you exactly. I really have no idea. All right, let's go down from there to Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running for president. He invested through Thrive. This is an activist noted for his anti-wokeness. It's a quarter of his presidential bid. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you've rejected his vice president uh, I did, indeed. Yeah, it? especially when he okay, like, I see. thought gay and lesbian people should be reformed. So I All right, that, so that didn't go with, well over with you? It did not, I would uh-huh. have to say. And how did you feel about that? I felt badly. Okay. Not really, but, you know, whatever. Um, I know some are saying his, quote, ridiculously puny stake, which I agree. Um, is, is that gonna, was Sonnenfeld's comment. Is right? he going to get you less woke? What is, he attacks you personally. You and I have talked about this. What do you make of this? Political. It's a political motion. You know, I see that uh, a lot because we are a big company. We do have yep. 70,000 people. We are one of the three largest software companies now in the world, Microsoft, Oracle, Salesforce. And um, we see a lot of uh, political shenanigans. And we, whether it's a politician who's running for president who buys a share of stock, or it is, could be a governor of a state, or we've been through these, you know, it could be all kinds of folks, not just here, it could be all over the world, and they'll try to use or manipulate. And the worst part is when they want to discriminate against our employees. And I think that this is what is the saddest part. And you and I have talked about the story, but just to bring everyone up to speed, 
you know, it really started in Indiana. That is what yes. really got us going. And in Indiana, there was a governor who we all know, Mike Pence, who was a friend of mine, and I was working with him because we're the largest employer in Indiana, tech employer. Um, and very successful operation there, great people, Indianapolis, great city. Uh, we have Salesforce Tower, Indianapolis. And um, my employees started saying to me, Mark, you've got a big problem on your hands. I'm like, what problem do I have? Well, the governor is going to sign a law that is going to discriminate against the LGBTQ community. And I'm like, explain that to me. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm like, it's not possible. No one would ever sign such a law. Now, I'm a fourth generation San Franciscan, born and raised in the city. You know, this is the home of gay rights, the gold rush. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows San Francisco. In my mind, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. So then they call me again. You need to send them a letter now. Oh, I'm not going to. Why would I send them a letter? What are you guys? What, why are you getting me involved in this? No, you need to send them a letter. I'm like, fine. If it's important, you will send them a letter. Then they call me back. You need to send them a second letter. What? You can't believe this is still happening. Right. It's still happening. Okay. He signs the law. Right. I could not believe it. Right. I was in a car, an Uber. <laughs> On the way from the Rosewood Hotel in mm -hmm. Palo Alto, very nice, swanky thing. Yeah. On my way home, back down 280 to San Francisco. Maybe I had had a couple of glasses of wine, mm -hmm. okay? It was a nice night. And I'm reading on my phone that this has Sign happened. Yes. And I just go to Twitter and yeah. I said, well, if he is going to discriminate against our employees, then we are going to de-invest in the state of Indiana, mm -hmm. because we can't send our employees and our customers right. to a state where they're discriminating against the LGBTQ population. I went to sleep that night. Fine. Everything was fine. I wake up <laughs> in the morning. It's eight o'clock. I yep. turn on the television. My tweet is on the TV. I'm like, I'm watching CNN. Is this a bad dream? Is it a nightmare? What is happening? This can't be true. Right. But it was. It was right on the television, and I was like, well, I hope I spelled everything correctly. Yeah. And you're committed. <laughs> and then a number of my friends in tech were on at that point, and then I realized my phone was filled with voicemails. Yeah. And then what was, what was amazing was, over the next 24 hours, over 200 CEOs of companies all over the country all said that they were going to do the same thing. Same thing. Okay. And, so drunk and, my, and Mike Pence called me, yeah. and he's like, Mark, how are you? I'm like, Mike, how are you doing? It's great. Great to talk to you. And he said, <laughs> listen, what's going to happen next? I'm like, I don't know, Mike. I guess we're going to have to have rolling economic sanctions against the state of Indiana. Right. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I just made it up. Right. <laughs> he's uh -huh. laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, Mike, listen, I'll just... Why don't I just put a couple attorneys on an airplane? We'll come out here. We'll negotiate this. This will all be resolved. And that is what we did. And we worked it out. And that's the way it should be done. Well, you know, and 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 having that kind of dialogue and um, and we were able to to reduce that. Now, it wasn't the end of the end. Certainly not. It was that's the right. end of the beginning. Right. Right. And that was um, what, how it kind of started. And then we've seen. There's other moments. So you get dragged into this. I mean, mm -hmm. beyond incredible naivete that they, he wouldn't have signed this. I'm just telling you, of course he would have. And you're drunk tweeting. It makes a fascinating story. But what, how do you feel when you get 
pressured that way in terms of being the woke CEO? Do you feel nervous about it? I know you. I don't feel like I am a woke Trump. CEO. It's kind of funny. Right. I just feel like I've got my employees back. Right. That's all I feel in my heart. All I want to know is that my employees, who, whoever they are, whatever their sexual orientation is, their race, their gender, their religion, that they know that we want them just to have a great work experience and we'll have their back. And if someone is coming after them, like in that case, we're going to step in and and do what we can. We can't do it in all situations. You know that. But we'll do our best. And I think that we have. And then... It was a moment in business, and I think that it, you know, uh, it was scary for me mm-hmm. because I have. It's not like you take a class in business school at USC, a couple blocks away from here, mm-hmm. where I went in 1986 on this kind of. Uh, let's hear it for USC, right? right okay. Yes, half the school is here. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Fight on. But. The thing is, is that you know, there's no class there, or maybe there is now. Right. But there's no class on on how to handle, you know... Vivek Ramaswamy. Or, or gender equality. Right. There's no class on, you know, how does business handle environmental... All the things that are important today to our employees, this is new. And I think you have to kind of dive in. All You're right. going to try things. There's going to be mistakes. But you go, you go, you keep going. That's all you can do. All right. Speaking of which, it leads us into these layoffs. You know, one of the things you used is the word ohana, Mm-hmm. For uh, family, yes, a lot. Which sometimes I'm it's like the family word of it's. A family. I know what it means, but oh, I just lately make, it's felt okay. a little more like the Soprano family at your. Yeah, company. all right. Um, you announced. You keep uh, getting me out. Now you I'm keep pulling sorry. me back in. Uh, okay, right, yeah, right. No, that's Darren Godfather. is going to cast me in his that's new Godfather. movie. Godfather. Yeah, get okay, your, I know. Get well, your, well, Godfather's get whatever. Your murderous, all right, sorry. Murderous mobsters, correct? All right, but thanks. nonetheless, you're laying off about eight thousand workers, like a lot of yeah. tech companies. Again, far cry from the pandemic years when you hired. 30,000. It's, yes, that's it, true. Is 8,000 enough to get you through? Well, I really think it's, uh, like I said, um, you know, when we started this, when we started, like you just said, when the pandemic started, call it January of mm-hmm. 2020, here we are now in March of 23. Between 2020 and March of 23, we went from 50,000 employees to 80,000, and now we've reduced, mm-hmm. just like you said, by 10%. And I think that that's the story for every large tech company. Right. Um, I think anyone who's telling you that they're not doing that, then they probably were not doing that well during the pandemic because they weren't really riding that buying motion. Well, Apple hasn't, but go ahead to seal new one. Yeah, I really think for the large <laughs> companies in our area, it's all it's consistently it's, true. So, is it enough? Is it enough? Well, I think from you can see by the numbers, we've had a great result. Yeah. And I think that we're going to, I feel good about our trajectory. The, the key is, is that this is not my first recession. Um, I went through 0102. That was extremely difficult. We also had to have an employment action. We went through 0809. We had the same situation. And now here we are today. And I think that when you, you know, over 24 years, it's not the same company. It's the company has transformed, it's changed, it's evolved, it's grown, it's done all these things. But what happens is, is that as the company matures and grows, you have to constantly reshape. We have today, we don't have one product like we had in sure. 2000. We have 75 products and we have uh, a you know, constant need to uh, 
to recalibrate the company. So right. I think it's but, extremely but, but important. But some of your employees are upset. They point out you said Salesforce was a family. You use yeah. that term quite a sure, lot. It is. Um, it, did you think you did a good job handling the cuts and what could you have done better? I prefer Microsoft's strategy. I really looked at it. You know, they had a layoff that night. They uh, did had Sting at a party in Davos, mm -hmm. and that was one way to handle it. I think the other way <laughs> is that I'm a lead, lead. I'm a lead from the front person. You know that. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to get on an all hands call for two hours, and it was tough. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're having to explain the unexplainable. And yeah. yes, exactly what you said. It's we don't have lifetime employment. And it's sad because we do feel like these are family members and we're working to place them into our ecosystem and take care of them. A lot of them will hire back and through the history of these actions over time, most of them actually end up coming back to the company. Mm -hmm. But it's not easy, you know, there's no rule book here and there's different ways to handle it. I could just have not said anything. Mm -hmm. That's much easier. But I don't think that that's the right thing to do. I think the right thing to do is to actually take is there the bullets. one thing you could have done better? Um, I really think that, you know, you have to be willing to get, you have to be willing to take the cuts. Over 24 years, I have a lot of cuts. They could be difficult situations just like this. That's how you end up with a thick skin. And I think that it's just a hard situation. In business, there's hard situations, and that's one of them. And it's just difficult. And because I'm feeling it in my heart for all of them, and I want to make sure they all land well, and we gave them probably the best you know, uh, package of any company that's ever had to take an action like that. But still, we're working with people every day to make sure that they land well. All right. And what other costs are you cutting? You got hate for that $10 million contract with Matthew McConaughey, but what other costs do you need to cut? Well, I really am executing a four-point plan, and the first point is short-term and long-term restructuring. So, you know, I think that I'm looking at the whole company and saying, we've been through 24 years of growth. What are the things that we can do structurally to really address our cost structure? Yes, we've delivered great profits. Yes, we have great margins. We delivered 29.2% margin in the quarter, but the company for sure has more long-term restructuring to do. Just looking at it, all the acquisitions we've done. Mark Sester runs the conference. He was like our first acquisition when we bought Coral. Yeah. You know, and you'd look at we've done about 60 acquisitions to kind of shape our vision of what customer 360 was. He was a critical part, actually, of that way back in the, you know, the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think based on that, you can say we're going to have short-term and long-term restructuring. We also, you know... When you go through the pandemic, we definitely are seeing that we still have things we need to do in productivity and performance improvements. Yeah, you talk, I'm going to ask about that. In a For sure, it's important. Yeah. And number three is, as I said, we have 75 products. But the world in our tech industry is changing rapidly, as mm -hmm. you know. And the prioritization of those products is really changing. And um, putting certain products first will let us invest in the right areas. And the fourth thing is... We have to improve our relationships with our shareholders. It's incredibly important right now. Because of what happened last year, we have to be much more diligent in how we're communicating with them, much more clear, much more specific. So like this morning when I woke up at 